0: Hi, welcome to the Kindness Podcast. In this episode, I sat down with autoimmune nutritionist Victoria Hamilton. She specialises in helping women and men with autoimmune disease feel better. The old adage of you are what you eat is so very, very true. We talk about how fasting and ketosis can help you feel better and how you should always treat yourself like you would treat your best friend. As I say every time, this was going to be a good one. Take some notes. My name is Tim Bolsworth, and this is the kindest podcast. Hi, welcome to the kindest podcast. Uh, my guest today is autoimmune nutritionalist, specialising in helping women with autoimmune disease feel better. Um, she works with clients to optimise brain health and productivity. She's been a health writer and content writer for Thrive magazine. Uh, Believe it or not, she's been a senior tax advisor and tax director, which we'll perhaps get onto, a chartered accountant. And I suppose, and recently, probably someone who smiles a heck of a lot, which I think is a great uh, uh, life lesson to have, particularly in the world of kindness. uh, Victoria Hamilton, welcome to the Kindness Podcast.
1: Thank you, Tim. No, it's an absolute pleasure. And I I
0: did, I was just saying off mic there that um, I pretty much uh, hijacked you in terms of wanting to get you on the show (laughs) last week. So thank you very much for for coming on the show. Oh,
1: no problem. Thanks for asking. No, I
0: really appreciate uh, appreciate that. Um, In a previous episode, um, I spoke about my love for food, which I absolutely adore. Um, I think the challenge that most people have Actually, it's not the challenge. I think the, like, because I love food, and I can say, oh, I actually really do enjoy eating and food. Unfortunately, and that's probably where your expertise comes in, is that a lot of people haven't got that luxury in terms of the food choices that they, they eat. Um, so I want to come on to um, that, if I may. But before I um, delve into that side of the food piece, um, as is always, um, for me, it's more of a journey piece in terms of how, You got to becoming um, an autoimmune uh, nutritionist, and how that journey came about. So, I'm interested to find out about that, and and also the segue through accountancy as well. Really fascinating as well. So, I'd like if um, if you don't mind, just to start us and take us on a journey as to how did you get to becoming the person you are today?
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, Tim, Um, and thank you for the introduction. Pleasure. Um, So, yeah, my journey started um, really the day I was born. because um at about six months old, I was very, very sick, and the doctors didn 't know what was wrong with me and i um it was really kind of a gut issue <laughs> surprisingly, and they you know they tried antibiotics, they tried lots of different things, and my mum always tells me the story of a doctor on the golf course i don 't know <laughs> i don 't know how true it was, but he was like, it could be dairy, you know." And so they decided to um, see if I did any better without cow's milk. And, um, you know, and I've looked back at pictures and I was very, very sick. And um, within a couple, well, I think within a week, my symptoms had all gone and I'd had an issue with cow's milk. Now, we can go into the details of what, why that happened because I have done all the testing and I'm not allergic to milk and I'm not lactose intolerant from a genetic perspective but there's probably a lot of other things going on in relation to my birth. Um, So I did drink soy milk which wasn't really a thing in 1983 Um, but yeah so I, I had you know, I was I from day, so really from day one I'd learned to eliminate certain foods, and then when I got to about four, my parents thought actually it might be a good idea to try and get her. And I think the doctors encouraged it to see whether she can start drinking milk. So which I did, and I was okay with. Um, and then there was some life stress. Um, I was very ambitious at school, even at seven years old. I wanted to be top of the class. And my um, parents split up, and that's when I noticed some hair loss. And so I went to the dermatologist, and he diagnosed me with alopecia areata. So that was really the first autoimmune disease that I got diagnosed with. And, you know, you you expect the doctor to be, oh, there's a solution for this. And he did give me some cream, but it was just, oh, well, we'll see how it goes. And I suppose that was the first time I was like oh, you can't just go to a doctor and get fixed. Um, and then in my teenage years, I developed psoriasis, so another autoimmune disease. I can't say I was eating the healthiest. <laughs> I really liked Pringles and McDonald's. And um, it was probably about 14 that I noticed some fatigue issues. And then through my A-levels, I was having to sleep a lot and missed quite a lot of school. But I was, you know, as I said, um, Really wanted to achieve. So I worked very hard at school. And even if I wasn't at school, I would do my homework afterwards and just make sure that I I did that outside of school, even though I had fatigue. And then my 20s, <laughs> sorry, it's quite a long one, Tim. In my 20s, I developed joint issues. The fatigue got a lot worse. And at that point, I became a chartered accountant, working in big corporates, working up the ladder again, you know, very... It's just a very competitive and ambitious environment. And then I decided to move to London and worked in some larger corporates. I worked for some great companies, but the fatigue just got worse and the joint problem got worse. And I've got to a point that I couldn't even get my shoe on one day. And that's when I saw a nutritional therapist and she just said, have you thought about taking gluten out of your diet? And that's when I... I kind of knew dairy was a bit of an issue for me. So I'd experimented with taking that out of my diet. And then I took wheat out and I got a lot better. And then I started studying nutritional therapy myself and learned about functional medicine and finding the root cause of really your condition rather than just focusing on the symptoms. And after lots of functional tests and lots of trial and error, I became symptom-free of everything. Um, And that's been the case for about the last six years. I have the odd flare with a little bit of pain in my joint. Occasionally, it's kind of my thing of, oh, something's a little bit out of sync at the minute, my joint hurts. Um, But otherwise, from kind of setting now a very strong foundation, I feel that I'm a lot more resilient to lots of different things. And I've, I've worked on a lot of lifestyle and mindful and You know, I've done a lot of alternate therapies as well as nutritional therapy, but I feel that the nutrition piece was a big part of it.
0: So, which is extraordinary, really, as you said, in the 80s where these things are happening and the response in the traditional medical sense was, oh, don't worry, just just take some cream or just do some some other thing. Whereas now you fast forward into the the, the, the 2000s and, and beyond and it's almost... Duh! Obvious. Why didn't we look into that? Um, I want to come on to that in a moment. But um, one thing that piqued my interest when you were mentioning that there—that the idea of, of ambition and this drive for ambition—where where did that come from?
1: I think if I'm honest, and you probably wouldn't like me saying it, but my my dad really always recognised that as a strength, um, and I think that happens with a lot of people. So I knew, you know, if I was doing well at school, it was a, you know, I got acknowledged and, you know, I felt good about myself as a result of doing that. Um, and I think going into accountancy as well, I think, you know, I was proud of myself to becoming a chartered accountant, but I think also my dad was very proud of that. Um, so I think that is probably at the heart of it. And the interesting thing with autoimmune disease is um, they'd be... They'd they've kind of researched it and found that there are certain personalities that are more likely to to develop things like chronic fatigue syndrome and autoimmune disease because of you know if you're an achiever or if you're a caring you know a carer um a perfectionist there's lots of there's probably about six different personality types where you're more likely to use more energy doing that than you can actually create in your own body. So as a result, you're always on an energy deficit. Interesting. And that that can lead to you know, illness, because your body needs the energy. Sure, Um, But yeah, they're they're the concepts. And I do do see that with my um, clients as well. I see a lot of people with those personality types that um, end up with these chronic illnesses.
0: And is there a gender split between um, the patterns that you see, more so in women particularly, or more so in
1: men? I do work mainly with women. I do work with men as well. Um, But yes, I see mainly with women, yeah, that... Are very ambitious they've got very good jobs um and also perfectionists and as i said carers as well so it's not just those people that want to achieve it's also people that want to care for other people um
0: so what is it about the the, the caring element and the ambition element that tells your body hang on shit slow down what's what's happening in the body then
1: so with those types of personalities, it's that you kind of override what your body is naturally telling you. So, for example, when I was working in an accountancy firm, I would wake up with fatigue, I, you know, was suffering with anxiety. There's one point where I stood up and almost fainted. But because of that drive, you're just like, I'm just going to power through. And then with a the carer, because they want to care, they'll be like, I feel terrible but i really need to care for this person so um, you know at the cellular level you could say your energy depleted um as in there's only so much energy your body can make um and there's other things going on as well because there's a lot of stress there so you're creating a lot of stress hormone um and just other things will be out of sync just as a result of pushing through um you know what your body's naturally telling you because you have either You know, for example, a perfectionist might read an email 10 times before actually sending it out um, and doing everything above and beyond all the time because they need it to be exactly right. And by doing that, um, you're just putting a lot of stress on your body, which can end, not for everyone. Some people are more resilient to that. Um, But others, yeah, it could lead to a chronic inflammatory illness as a result.
0: What would an example of a chronic inflammatory illness disease would what would that be how would it manifest itself
1: um there's lots of different autoimmune diseases uh-huh. um for example you could have a skin issue like psoriasis i see um chronic fatigue syndrome is very common i think chronic fatigue syndrome really we first heard about it in the 80s and if you think about the 80s we know it was kind of the power suits and that corporate world where everybody was kind of pushing through um and you even kind of some of the neurological diseases, which are more, you know, take longer to be established, but things like multiple sclerosis... um, those types of illnesses, it, I mean, I don't want to fear, like, scare anybody, because obviously there's a lot more at play than just the personality type. Mm. But it is just something to always be mindful of. If you if you are suffering at the minute, you know, something more straightforward be, would be like a migraine. So if you suffer from migraines a lot, then maybe there's something out of sync. And you've got to think, well, is it my lifestyle? Is it what I'm eating? And mm. um, you know, am I, am I doing enough of the things I love in life? How fulfilled am I? So there's a lot of different things at play, but personality I definitely see as being one key aspect.
0: Interesting. And do you find that um, you almost, uh, you can you see it before it happens. You, you can see people, friends, et cetera, and colleagues or even clients and go, I can tell you that behavior is pretty much going to get, take you down that road.
1: I think... In some way you can, but I think anybody with autoimmunity, sometimes you have um, this feeling of, wow, they get away with it. They're eating whatever they're eating and they're living that full on life and and they seem fine. Um, So sometimes people, it just really depends on your susceptibility. I think that's always good to look around, say your family. I mean, not always the case, but there is a genetic susceptibility and genetics is probably an area we don't want to get into today, but there is that genetic susceptibility if the genes are in a certain environment. Um, so it's just understanding, you know, what your risk factor is, I suppose as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would encourage everybody to be healthy because uh, you just feel better regardless of whether you have an autoimmune disease or a chronic illness. Yeah. Um, and also it's so much better to be proactive and, and prevent anything sure um, but I think we all feel it don't we when we're out of sync you know I look back and maybe I could have been a bit more aware but uh, I I knew something wasn't quite right
0: I think um you're you're right in that sense and um you sort of being healthy and I'd like to get your take on what is healthy because I know we live in this kind of very much consum- consumption driven world where everything is available to us all the time um how do you define being healthy
1: balance. <laughs> That's kind of number one. And yeah, I, I mean, from a nutrition perspective, obviously eating a, a varied whole food diet is probably the standard response. Um, making sure, I mean, we're talking about, well, on your podcast about being kind, but making sure that you have time for yourself. And that doesn't mean having time you know, having planned time to do things. It's actually where is that time in your week to rest um, and give your body a break. Um, And also live a life with, you know, where you're spending the majority of your time doing something that you enjoy and you love. And I know that is difficult when we all need to earn money. Um, But if you are doing a job that you're not as satisfied with, just make sure you're making the most of your free time and doing things that you enjoy.
0: Do you know, and it's so true you say that, but I think the difficulty is, as you touched on, that we're all very busy chasing whatever it is we're chasing for whatever reasons. And it's only when a trauma, it's only when something appears in our lives or is impacted in our lives that makes us think and stop. Why is it you think in, I'll be sort of spiritual in this sense, why do you think in Western culture there's a drive um, for succession and, and ambition? versus Eastern culture and Eastern philosophy to be slightly more as they chilled out?
1: I think it's what we see in the media a lot of the time and what what's presented to us when we're young and what we see in films and what we think success looks like. And a lot of that is, you know, I think the ideal dream is you know, to get the fancy car and the big house and to go on lots of holidays. And really, I think as you get well, I don't understand patronising, but there's a point in everybody's life where you realise, actually, I don't think that makes me that happy or fulfilled inside. It's fun. It's all great fun. And I, you know, if I look at my corporate career, I had a lot of fun, um, but there was definitely something missing. And I think that just manifested probably in all the different illnesses that I had.
0: So what was missing?
1: Um, I just, I, I think from the kindness point as well, it, it was just a lot of external, one, acknowledgements from kind of a career perspective, but also just external um, enjoyment. So, you know, the the short thrills rather than, you know, it, and it sound a bit cheesy when I say it, but the gift of giving, I hadn't really... Properly, I didn't really properly understand what that meant. Um, and it just, it makes you feel so much more fulfilled. Um, you know, you can go shopping and buy some lovely clothes and wear them a couple of times and feel great, but it's such a short-term thing. Whereas, um, you know, I, I know you've met my dogs, <laughs> not the best behaved dogs, but... Um, that was what a real a real changing point for me in my career because I got my dogs and I realised, actually, I have to put them first now. So I can't go for the work socials. Um, I can't go, you know, flying here, flying there. I really need to put them first. And I think people have that with children. I don't have children, but I think it's the same thing. It's like, wow, this is real fulfilment, like looking after somebody, doing something for some, well, not somebody, but my dogs. Or And I've, I feel that in my family now, just... And with my friends and you know I had a lot of I had a big network in London and it was that it was simplifying and realizing actually I'd rather spend quality time with some very close people that I care about rather than having lots of people I know um, which I think is all about and and as I said I did a lot of um, alternate therapies and I like yoga and meditation and all those things really helped and I just and I did a lot. It was great. I did a session where they made us look back at your childhood of what you enjoyed to do, enjoyed doing, what you enjoy doing now. How much of that are you doing? And I wrote a list, and I sometimes look back on it. And I wasn't doing anything that I enjoyed at the time. And now I look back, and I'm doing at, at least eighty percent of it. Oh, really? So It's just really lovely. You know, every time we moved, I was like, oh, it's that list again.
0: Okay. Can, can you remember what was, what was on the list?
1: Um, just <laughs> um, there was singing. Yeah. Um, um, there was Pilates and I trained to be a Pilates instructor and um, there was writing so I you know I write a lot in my health um, business but I also love creative writing and writing poems and uh, try to think well <laughs> well you know just walks in nature getting outside more um, uh, and nutrition so because at the time I was a, I was working in tax yeah so
0: a complete it's bizarre. <laughs> a completely different lifestyle, I imagine.
1: Yes. You know, yeah.
0: that corporate driven, get the job done, don't care about anybody else, get it done.
1: It was a bit like that, but I i, I have to say I met some amazing people. Um, and I worked, I actually ended up working in some really, really great companies as well. It was just, it was just tax. Wasn't I wasn't really... Uh, that passionate about it. And I do, um. I, to be honest, I don't think it really suits my personality, whereas my husband works in tax and, you know, he thrives on it. So it just didn't really suit me. And if
0: I was to ask somebody, you see this lady over here, what do you think she did or does? I don't think they would, they would mention tax. <laughs> or whatever, you know, a tax director or an accountant looks like. I think gone are the days, I think, of perhaps a, a perceived image of what that looks like. But I think the world has has definitely changed for the better in terms of us getting a better understanding of who we are. Yes. It's maybe through through general challenges in lifestyle, general challenges in, in the world that make us, COVID being an example of that, the last two years. We've all had to just take stock of what's important, Definitely. Um, and certainly with the work that you do, and I wanted to deep dive into a little bit more about that so our, our listeners can get a full understanding of what some of those autoimmune diseases are and how we can see some of the points um, and some of the, uh, the symptoms of that. Um, but I wanted to first ask um, the question I ask all our guests, which is that first question, um, which is what does kindness mean to you?
1: I think, I mean, autoimmune disease has been a big part of my life, so I think understanding um, and I know you've said it on some of your other podcasts, but walking in that person's shoes and making no assumptions is so important because uh, the autoimmune diseases are invisible illnesses. I don't think anybody would have really known what what I was going through, especially at work, Um, and especially with joint issues and fatigue. People can't really see it, so I always... I think kindness is just being respectful and making no assumption of how somebody's feeling or what they're thinking or their background or, or anything. So, you know, no judgment... Um, friendliness, you know, you said I smile all the time. I think I think, smiling has just been my go-to <laughs> from a young age. Um, and sharing, because that's really what I try and do as much as I possibly can, because I know how alone you can feel when you have this type of condition. Um, and I that's why I started my community, uh, which is the autoimmunity community, um, because I do want to share as much as I can with people. Um, obviously working as a nutritional therapist, I do try and take a personalised approach in my clinic, but there is information out there that we can all benefit from. Um, And it's just finding a way to reach people so you can share what you've learned along the way and also from my, um, you know, from my training as well um, and from my experience with my clients. But uh, sharing is a big piece. I'm really keen. Every time I learn something, I just want to share it with someone. Um, But yeah, so that's really my... With kindness. I mean, there's the generosity piece. um, And I think that's important as well. Try and be generous, um, mainly with time, I would say, as much as you can. But it's hard when you want to do so many things. And I've done a lot of things. So it's the
0: caring thing coming back out again, is it, I suppose? Yeah. Would you say, sorry to interrupt you there, would you say you have to be mindful of knowing that being a carer or someone who wants to help can potentially flare up some of these symptoms that you mentioned.
1: It's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's very difficult. I think it's very difficult for anybody in that type of, um, business. You just, and also you can end up working on a client case for a a long time. And, um, you're not getting paid that much yet. And I, I think a lot of the time, people who work as nutritional therapists aren't doing it just like for the money, but it is, you know, it is your main income. Um, but it is hard not to go above and beyond with that type of thing, um, and you do have to know your limits. And I do. I remember as doing our training, and when we, you know, the group of us that I trained with when we first got into it, a lot of us were feeling burnout. Because we just wanted to do so much, um, and there's, there's a, I'm sure you found with your business and doing this as well. There is so much you can do. The, you know, my to-do list of things I want to do, I wouldn't achieve if I got to 150 years old. Um, so I do. I'm very disciplined now with my time, um, and actually that started this year. Um, whereas last year I worked most weekends. So I, I want to be an example. For my clients, Um, but then I'm always like, well, I love what I do, but that's kind in a way, but it's not really kind to your body.
0: True, yeah, true. You
1: feel like you're being kind because you're like, no, I love it, but your body's like, give me a break. (laughs) Um, So that's a
0: challenge, I imagine, because you're on the one hand, you know the symptoms, yet if that is your nature and your personality trait, you're this kind of this duality. You're fighting kind of the good and the bad if you like wanting to help yet knowing that there are sort of uh, consequences of your kindness if that makes sense
1: yes yeah and I think that's why I really work on my health all the time because I feel better now at approaching 40 than I did at 17 Um, and my energy is very sustained and I know if I if I'm not as focused on it and I'm not you know I wouldn't say I I wouldn't say it takes over my life, but I just, I feel like as long as I'm healthy, I can do more. Um, so the minute you slip with that um, and you can't do as much because, for example, drinking alcohol is a is a prime example of if you drink alcohol all the time, you're not going to feel great. Um, and so that's why I have to be, you know, around that particular area i just need to be really conscious about it. and for example this time of year i don't drink at all until say easter you know we're in winter time anyway i <laughs> i like to hibernate until the sun comes back out and no, i do i do like to go out and walk but um but yeah you just i just have to be um always conscious of my own health so i can help other people's because if i'm not feeling great then you can't help anyone
0: yeah i know very much so And it's a challenge i think because Dare I say it, you know, there's so much choice that we've got. Oh, go on, have another one. Oh, go on, have another one. And so the choice is there and it's a why not mindset. But as you said, you have to almost create those, I don't know, strict guidelines with yourself to just check in and say, come on, Victoria, stop it, focus. You know your limits be strong with yourself and just hold fire if you like, deferring the gratification if you like. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, I want to, um, if I may, just so our listeners can really get some um, some, some, some great advice and tips, um, I touched on earlier on about how you've helped clients optimise their brain health and, and productivity. Um is that to do with what they eat? Is that to do with um, a cellular level? Uh, perhaps you could just sort of touch on that for a moment if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, it is um, to do with what they eat and, and um, it's also to do with their lifestyle. Um, but I, when I first started um, working as a nutritional therapist, from having the accountancy background, I did work with um, a lot of um, kind of... Uh, senior partners and people who um, were kind of at that top level um, and they were really looking for ways to be more productive. So I focused a lot on productivity then. Um, and it, so the first thing would be to look for is how how can you have sustained energy? I think that's what a lot of people are looking for. We don't want to feel tired in the afternoon. We want to be able to focus. We want to clear any brain fog. Um, and there's certain foods that you can do that can help with that. For example, um, uh, you know, from a blood sugar perspective, um, just making sure that you're um, having foods that aren't going to spike blood sugar, eating more protein, eating more high fiber foods and healthy fats. Um, but there's also different other things you can do, like fasting and you can do ketosis. And these are not things that I would always use with my autoimmune clients, that sometimes I will, Um But these can really help you focus um, and be more productive in ketosis, especially you can get a real burst of um, energy, especially um, mental focus. And I'm sure you're aware of, well, you might not be, but uh, the bulletproof trend, which is to have a coffee with MCT oil and butter. And I did go through that phase at one point, and I'm not here to say anything bad about it, but... um, uh, yeah I don't think doing that every day is a great idea but it can really help you with focus having some mCT oil so medium chain triglyceride oil
0: and what is that for for listeners out there
1: um it's um it's a fat that is is more it doesn't need to be converted in the liver so you get kind of the energy source from it very quickly so and it can and the brain can use it very easily as well so you end up with um you know, when you're having it with coffee, which is a stimulant, you can end up feeling very focused and um, very productive as a result of having it. Um, And because it's a fat, um, there is, I mean, combining it with coffee, the problem with coffee is it can stimulate insulin, which is what you're trying to avoid because you you want your body to feel like it's in a fasted state. Um, But the MCT oil, when you just have oils, your body... Um, actually thinks that it's in a fasted state. And when it's in that state, it creates... I don't want to go too much into the science. No, but please do,
0: please
1: do. It's, um, it's a process in the body called autophagy and it's actually stimulated when you have um, depleted levels of carbohydrate and protein and what can happen in autophagy is it's like clearing out all the bad cells. So your body thinks it's starved and as a result of that, it's like, well, let's keep all the good cells in the body and let's get rid of these ones that aren't functioning as well and it promotes that cycle. Yeah. And as a result of that, you can end up producing like new healthy cells, and that's ketosis helps with this, and so does fasting. Um, and you can also, um, uh, you you know you can generate new healthy cells, and you also get rid of those cells that aren't functioning as well. For example, maybe the energy function, which is called which is produced by the mitochondria in the cell, maybe that's not working as well. So that would be identified, or maybe the DNA has an issue with it. So those kind of things can be, uh, an immune cells, autoimmune cells <laughs> that you don't want. Um, so those things can be um, removed from the body as part of this process of autophagy, and autophagy means. Um, eating self really <laughs> um self eating and uh yeah what it really means is that your body can go and do its kind of maintenance but without that we're not going through that um process and the research isn't really there quite with it yet but what they are finding is that you know if you're eating 16 hours a day you are not switching on that process in the body. So you're ending up with a lot of dysfunctional cells because you're not going through that autophagy process. You probably are, but just not to the level you need to. Whereas if you look back at um, our ancestors, they probably did have a, you know, feast or famine. Um, and that's why we have this biological process, but a lot of us aren't stimulating it on a day-to-day basis. Um, and that's where we have the intermittent fasting trend as well.
0: Sure, um, and I've, I've heard of it. I wasn't too sure specific what you're saying. Uh, sorry, wasn't too sure about what that was saying. But correct me if I'm wrong. Your body needs to, to starve itself at
1: times. That's what the current research is saying. I think they still have a way to go to see how they can use it, kind of in the med, um, conventional medicine and what mm. they can do in a therapy. But yes.
0: interesting
1: and also it's not just it's not just this process it's also giving some of your organs a break the digestive process puts a lot of pressure on the body um, and we do need a break from that and it doesn't just put pressure on the body on the digestive system there's also the liver and the pancreas and all these systems can take time to repair and we we need them to repair (laughs) otherwise we just live with um you know chronic issues
0: is there a particular organ in the body that get stressed more so than others?
1: Um, probably the digestive system, but it's very interlinked with the brain through the vagus nerve. And that's when you can do um, exercises to help with that particular nerve. But yeah, there's 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 messages back and forth between the brain and the gut. But I think where do we all feel it when we get stressed? We feel it in the gut. Interesting. Um, Got a gut a feeling. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Okay. And again, Idiot's Guide stuff. Um, what's the vagus nerve? What does it do? how can we stimulate it etc
1: um i'm not an expert in this area i'd say um but there is a lot of kind of breathing techniques that you can do to help kind of the vagal tone it's it's the nerve so it's it's sending messages back and forth so it's what your brain needs to tell your digestive system to do and it's also actually if there's an issue with the digestive system that's going back to the brain um so it's it's very important and, and for various, you know, there's various different reasons why that might not be functioning optimally. Um, we know, uh, for example, with an autoimmune disease like uh, multiple sclerosis, which is based on, which is an issue with the nerve, the myelin sheath around the nerves. If, if they're not functioning correctly, then suddenly that those messages back and forth between the brain and the gut might not be working as optimally. And then when you do have an issue in the gut or the brain, it might not get, repaired or you know the process not might not work optimally um so yeah it's, it's a very important function um and there is a lot of you know as a as a, a trained pilates instructor i don't work as a pilates instructor but um you know those deep breathing exercises are so vital i mean not just for this but for your lymphatic system which is another thing that is at play um and um you know, for lots of other reasons with helping with um, oxygenating your body and circulation is another key issue that can come up with um, autoimmune disease as well.
0: It's absolutely fascinating. I'm just scribbling down notes um, on my piece of paper here and it... That, what sprung to mind there, was you are what you eat, pretty much. It's All those cliches, it's so, so true. Yes, it is. Goodness me, wow. So when um, what foods should we be eating? I've heard of you know, blueberries and brain food, etc. What sort of food should we be eating?
1: I think, well, I was vegetarian for 11 years, so I understand that some of your audience might not appreciate this, but um, organ meat is one of the most nutrient-dense meats. And from um, an ethical perspective as well, I don't think enough of us are eating them. Now, I'm sure... Uh, liver and onions might not be somebody's favourite diet, but it is a, because it contains the active vitamins, and that's important, especially if your digestive system isn't working optimally. Now, a vegetarian diet, and I, I know there's been a lot about eating 30 different varieties of vegetables, is extremely important, and I fully support that. Um, but those and those vitamins are not in the active state, and so if your body isn't working as well as it could be, and it needs to trans because To get it into an active state, it needs to um, convert it through a biological uh, reaction. Um, If you don't have the strength or you don't have the building blocks to be able to do that, then uh, you need to get your nutrients from the active source. And something like organ meat, cod liver oil... Um, Omega-3s in fatty fish, so smash. So it's salmon, mackerel, anchovies, sardines and herring. Um, They're very important. Lots of different colors of vegetables. So don't just focus on eating the same thing every week. It's good to have a color chart up, especially if you've got kids. And you can kind of tick through the different colors. There's normally about six or seven different colors vegetables that you can eat every day. Or if you don't want something more simple, just every meal, make sure that you've got three different colors of vegetables on the plate. Um, and then seaweed is another really great um, uh, thing that you can have daily and you can scatter it on like you would with salt um so you can just get there and that's full of lots of lots of minerals because so we do, need minerals so as well how do we get
0: seaweed is it sold now is, it, is this something
1: yeah. that's already sold Give yes us. yes and you can you can get seaweed salt as well so that's quite as i said that's quite nice if you want it as a topping but you can get seaweed flakes as well and they're quite salty yeah. and they can be nice on like a soup or or one of your Delicious breakfast.
0: That is fascinating. And <laughs> I think a lot of people, myself included, are thinking, bloody hell, wow, that sounds like hard work. <laughs> but, but maybe it isn't. Maybe it's just about creating those routines and um, those patterns into your diet, into your everyday, that it becomes familiar, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, it, I hope it doesn't sound like hard work because I suppose you said you have a love of food and it is quite nice to experiment. Uh, with the cod liver oil, it really is just to have a teaspoon you know, every morning. Um, and then you know, we all love vegetables and fruits and, and I like to experiment with different uh, meals as well. And there's so many recipes online and it's very simple recipes. Some will only have like four or five ingredients. Um, so we shouldn't really fear it. And if you don't like cooking, just make it simple. Um, and I always think, you know, baked salmon or baked meat with some baked vegetables with a few herbs, you know, delicious.
0: It does sound delicious. I've been looking online over the last few months, and I've certainly seen an increase in the vegan diet, lots of, instit- lots of Instagram individuals, YouTubes, etc, really purporting the benefits of a vegan lifestyle. I know you touched on sort of the organ meats there as well. Um, the interest in food has really changed over the years, I think, um, certainly from a, a business point of view, a commercial point of view. Um, so I Currently run a restaurant in in Harrogate, uh, sort of breakfast and brunch restaurant, and within that business there is a coffee shop. And um, we've certainly noticed over the years a movement towards different types of milks, um, from traditional dairy milk um, to the lesser fat uh, variants of those milks. Um, I wanted to get your take on the alternative milk space. Is there a particular milk preference? A that we should be drinking and or or not, Um, and whether or not you feel as if this is just another sort of consumer trend, or whether or not we should be drinking a particular type of milk.
1: I really think it does depend on the individual. Um, I think unfortunately the dairy industry, you just have to be careful because um, you know if you can buy organic, and uh, it's not an industry that I know a lot about, but um, some people can tolerate dairy um and it's, but it's nice to have an alternative, especially if you're vegan or if you, for whatever reason, can't have it as a, for an allergy or an intolerance. Um, in terms of the milks out there, I mean, from a coffee perspective, um, oat milk is <laughs> probably the best one to mix with a coffee. Um, but unfortunately, especially with autoimmune disease, some people can have um, an issue with their oats and grains generally. Um, and that's where we just need to be a bit careful. And that the milks in and of themselves are great, especially if you make them at home. For example, if you make nut milks, um, but it's the additives really that you've got to watch for. Um, from an autoimmune perspective, so, you know, if, if a personal choice of somebody with autoimmune disease and is just starting out, probably coconut milk is the one that would be best to have because um, we have this thing called the autoimmune paleo protocol, which is a protocol that was designed to help bring inflammation down in the body for people with autoimmune disease and help with their gut health. And coconut milk is actually the only one that is allowed on that diet because it is the one that is least likely to affect the gut or the immune system. Um, So that is what I'd probably recommend somebody who has more inflammatory um, illness. But then there's a lot of good nut milks out there. And I generally like hazelnut milk because from the studies, it it seems that um, most people can tolerate hazelnuts, whereas, for example, almond and cashew, more people are likely to have a reaction to it. But it certainly doesn't mean everybody. Um, So it's just knowing what's right for you. And if you are worried that you've been drinking a certain milk, and you're reacting to it just take it out of the diet for a month do some journaling symptom and food journaling see how you're feeling and if you do feel better then it might be an issue
0: mm. yeah really um, salient advice there and that, that sort of coffee space and that um brunching space that kind of Australasia where everyone was brunching and lunching and that's certainly been a part of our lives for a good few years now um and it's interesting to me because Within the spaces within hospital, I suppose anybody working in hospitality or retail is, is dealing with people. People come into their spaces and they're they're enjoying their, their sort of social lives. Um, one thing I've noticed in terms of how people are um, let me frame this correctly. When I'm seeing customers come into my spaces or if you a retail space if you work in in the retail, is that you're dealing with people on a daily basis. And the way in which they treat you, I believe, um, can be an indicator of how they're feeling. And as someone who has a business whereby we're serving individuals food, particular types of food, I'm interested in and and hope in creating a feeling from those individuals of feeling good, of feeling kind, of feeling um, nourished. Um, Yet with autoimmune disease... There are individuals who don't have the opportunity. I'm, I'm assuming they don't have the luxury of being able to go out to restaurants and coffee shops. Because it's, it's a really debilitating um, disease. I'm assuming is that right?
1: It, it, to be honest, it's not really. As I said, it's it's normally um, an invisible illness, and for, it, it can get to that stage where yes, it can um, become it can become more severe. But often they are you wouldn't even know somebody had one. Um, And as I said, there's a lot of skin issues that are related to autoimmune disease, hair issues, um, chronic fatigue syndrome. I mean, people just a lot of the time just push on and they're just coping with it. Um, And yeah, they, they, a lot of, well, all my clients love to eat out. And if they are doing more of a strict elimination diet, then we talk about what they can do, you know, just checking um, ahead at the restaurant and making sure there's something that they can eat. Um, Most of the time now, I know you do as well, um, people are very accommodating. You know, maybe they can't have the bread, but they can have the rest of the meal. They can add extra things if they need to. There's so many herbal teas and different drinks out there. There's normally lots of options. Uh, So it's even when I went vegetarian probably, you know, 20 years ago, there was no options out there. It was like pasta and cheese. Uh, so the world has come on. And I'm so glad, though, I think anybody that has a preference now... Um, and, and my clients are always like, oh, and it's just being awkward. And I'm like, it's not. They understand Um and as you say, you know, if you go about it in the right way um, and you just ask nicely, <laughs> uh, normally they can, you know, the restaurant can do something. And and if you are worried, always ring before. That's another thing. If you're in a big group and you don't want to bring it up, just ring before and it's it's normally sorted that way anyway.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, it's that, that time of the show where we uh, we sort of, move slowly on to our, our second question um, and again you've um, um, again my notes that i've been scribbling down i'll be, I'll be swatting up and um, impressing my wife and with all the, uh, <laughs> the knowledge about that um but the, the second question i ask again related to kindness um it allows my guests i hope the opportunity to retrospectively look at where they are and then perhaps take stock of where they are and then frame how they could view the world differently um and, and the question i ask is if you were to die tomorrow what would you do differently to be the kindest in the room
1: I think for me, it is focusing on time because I think that is um, all of our most valuable assets, you know, it's your most valuable asset. And I love to share my knowledge and I love to work on my business. And sometimes you forget about the people closest to you. Um, and I do, and I think it's funny because a few of our relatives passed away last year and the thing that came out was kind, like how kind they'd been. And I remember thinking, I would love somebody to say that. If I, you know, if I passed away, that would be the thing I would like somebody to say about me. So I, was, I, I think it's a work in progress all the time. Um, I think maybe, you know, going back to the beginning, maybe because of my personality type, but I always, I'm trying to be kinder all the time. And when somebody rings me and I'm like, no, I've got, I've got this to do. And I just think, actually, I could have spent just 20 minutes or, a, you know, a few minutes of my day just, having that conversation with somebody um and even people that aren't friends or family people on your street people in a shop it doesn't do you any harm to spend just a couple of minutes being friendly (laughs) and i like being friendly but at the back of my mind i'm always like well i've got something to do and i just need to always push past that thought Mm. um do you find that difficult I do to be honest <laughs> but I really once I've done it I feel so good I feel you know just like actually I didn't really need to do that and it's been quite nice to have that conversation with that person and we just moved into a new area and um, you know everyone's so chatty and friendly and it's lovely because it wasn't as much like that in where we lived in London and I'm just appreciating it and just thinking stop thinking about what you've got to do and just enjoy this conversation and yeah bring myself back and yeah I enjoy it
0: I think it's very difficult for people who run their own businesses people who are, work for corporate organizations are very driven and you mentioned personality being a big issue to tell yourself that internal conversation it's okay <laughs> yes it's okay because it is difficult so you're like well I've got to get that thing done but it's okay. But, but no, no, you don't understand that that struggle in your mind that there's that voice. must yes. be a real sort of a challenge for, for you, I'm assuming.
1: It is. Um, and then, you know, there's certain things that happen and it reminds you and you're like, no, I need to get the balance, like we're saying, but I need to get the balance back because um, you can get a bit ahead of yourself. And that's, I actually got ill at the beginning of January when I had like a list of 100 goals I wanted to achieve this year. And it gave me two weeks to think, actually, I want to enjoy my life. (laughs) And I want to enjoy my time with other people as well. Gosh,
0: well, you know, sold the list. You know, if if it's about enjoying yourself, your life and the people around you, I think that's more important than a list, I think.
1: Yes. To be fair, (laughs) which is, you know,
0: I I get it. You know, I get it. I I do have lists coming out of my ears and it's really, I I do like a good list, I'll be honest. (laughs) Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think to your point, just taking stock and taking a moment the list will still be there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The, yeah. The, the list will still be there. Um, and perhaps, not to sound morbid, but the people around us may not be.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: and, and so, just to take stock and, and, and take um, a moment uh, to think, which actually, very nicely, um, leads me on to that uh, third and final question, which is, uh, you know, what one piece of advice would you give somebody to live a kinder life?
1: I think, number one, treat yourself as you would your best friend. And I think, a lot of the time, it's going back. I think we're going back to the same theme. But what we think when we think we're being kind to ourselves, we're probably not. It's like forcing ourselves to go to the gym. Now, I completely promote exercise, but on some days, you might not. You might not have the energy. You might not be feeling great. And so just give yourself a break, give your body a break, and just think, actually, if my best friend wanted to go to the gym now, what would I actually say to her? I'd probably say, Why don't you just have a break tonight? Um, and that's what I need to always remind myself of. And even not just from a health perspective, but you know, your thoughts in your head and like would you say that to your best friend? Probably not. Um, And then I just think as generally as a society, I think we could all just be a bit more patient and give a bit more. And again, it's difficult. Uh, You know, the tube on a Monday morning at 9, you know, at 8am, everyone was just trying to get on the tube, everyone for themselves. Um, and we all had that pressure because we all had a call at 9am. So uh, hopefully with everything that's happened, the world's going to move from there and it's going to realise we don't all need to get to work at 9am and we can do things a little bit differently. Um, but yeah, just just trying to give and just, it doesn't matter if you receive back. Um, and if we all did that, then we'd all gain a lot.
0: Hear, hear. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And with that being said, you have been the kindest in the room, Victoria. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, it's been absolutely a pleasure. Again, my notes are here to scribble upon. <laughs> um, where can people reach out to you or find out a little bit more about what you're doing or courses that you run, et cetera?
1: Yes, yeah, so my website is um, www.theautoimmunitynutritionist.com. It's a bit of a difficult one to spell. <laughs> and I also have um, the autoimmunity community on Facebook. Um, so please feel free to join. I'm sharing lots of information on there. We have um, monthly challenges and focusing on different autoimmune diseases, but as well as that, focusing on a lot of um, ways that you can be healthier, um, eat healthy food, lots of recipes, and it's just a really great community of people.
0: And it, again, it's not just women as well. It's no okay. no so it's both
1: yeah we yeah i work with a, a, a lot of men as well
0: superb well you heard it here first guys um this year is definitely your year to refocus really on your health your gut health and all those things to do with, with food it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show thank you very much indeed you have been the kindest thanks mick take thanks, care
1: now. bye bye bye